Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. (laughs) Here we go again. And I am grateful. So uh, today we're looking at the song of prayer, one of the add-ons to the course, the text. And uh, chapter three is entitled Healing. And we're going to look at the first section here, which is entitled The Cause of Sickness. So before we do that, let's pray. I am Jennifer Hadley. That's my name. I am that I am. I am that I am. My name is Jennifer Hadley. And I do love to pray. Yes, it's a means of communion with our Creator. So we place our hand on our heart and we wholeheartedly partner up with that higher Holy Spirit self. And we open our heart, we open our mind to a clearing and a cleansing, a healing and a transformation. We are grateful to consciously come together to relinquish any attachments we have to the cause of sickness to the causes of pain and suffering. We're giving all that away and we're opening ourselves to infinite intelligence, pure light. The joy of the Christ awakens in our awareness. We are grateful. Grateful to say yes to a life of love, true forgiveness, willingness, compassion, prosperity and harmony freedom and wisdom and the all good of God live streaming in our awareness now and forever. We are sharing the benefits with everyone and we let it be and so it is. Amen. 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 Mm. Mm -mm -mm. It's interesting. I um, sometimes I would say A lot of the time when I'm looking for whatever's the topic of this week's podcast, I remember this is uh, episode 604, so done a few of them. (laughs) I never thought I'd do so many. It's amazing. But I take my book, and these days I'm using the FIP combined volume that has this song of prayer and the psychotherapy Um in it as well as the workbook and the text and and I just thumb the pages, thumb the pages, thumb the pages. I've not made one marking in this copy. It's a completely blank, fresh copy, no notes in it. I don't think I ever wrote any notes in it. Um and uh I just thumb the pages, thumb the pages until I feel when to stop and I open it and this is what I found here. Uh, and I, I, it's interesting to me, in part, why I'm mentioning it is that this topic, the cause of sickness, I just did yesterday a three-hour class, my second three-hour class for the Change Your Mind About Your Body program. Bill Fries teaching the next one. David Fishman is teaching the one after that. And I'm so loving this topic. I'm so loving that Spirit guided me to do a deep dive into changing the mind about the body. And, you know, one of the aspects of Jesus's ministry uh, when he walked the earth as Jesus, uh, in Jerusalem and all around there, he was frequently talking about healing. People were asking him about healing. Healing was a big component of his ministry because it's something that people are always interested in. They're interested in how to affect healing at the mental level, emotional level, physical level, 
and in all areas of our life, healing in our relationships, healing in our finances, healing in our creativity. So healing applies to much more than just the body temple, but we're talking about here today the cause of sickness. And just before I venture in, I know I've said this before, but in case you haven't heard me say it, i just like to say that sickness is not a punishment, and sickness doesn't mean you're bad or anything like that or stupid, because uh, I do know there can be a tendency to think those thoughts that we're failing in life if we're having challenges. But if you think of like a child a toddler learning to walk, they fall down a lot. They hit their head. They hurt themselves falling down. They're awkward. And they misstep. They lose their balance and they fall and they bang themselves, sometimes really hard. And they cry and they wail and they get injured. Myself, when I was... I've got a scar on my eye. I don't know how I got it anymore. Maybe my dad remembers. Um, I know that when I was maybe seven or eight, I was climbing up on the counter to get the cookies out of the cabinet. And I fell, fell off, banged the back of my head, broke open my my scalp, had to go to the hospital, had stitches. Same with my eye, whatever it was I did with my eye. We have learning experiences in the body. We fall, we stumble, and the stumble could be alcoholism, you know, uh, many people have a the genetic predisposition predispo- to these things. Um, alcohol fix, affects people differently. Um, people have all kinds of things they're working out through the body. I just think it's so important if we're going to be able to talk about the cause of sickness, we have to be able to say that this is a learning environment. It's an experimental classroom. And so when people are experimenting with things and they blow up the classroom, how are you going to learn things if you don't experiment? So people experiment with all kinds of things that lead to illness. And I'm saying that meaning people experiment with bitterness, with blame. They experiment with shame. They experiment with um, anxiety. We're experimenting with everything in this world. That's what it's for. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. So what happens here in this world is part of an experiment. So let's not go into shame. It just doesn't help. Shaming never helps. Blaming never helps. So, chapter 3 is healing in the Song of Prayer, and the uh, the first section is called The Cause of Sickness. So let's just dive right into it here and see what it says. Do not mistake effect for cause, nor think that sickness is a part and separate from what its cause must be. It is a sign, a shadow of an evil thought that seems to have reality and to be just according to the usage of the world. It is external proof of inner sins. Sins is in quotes because uh, Jesus is teaching us there is no sin, but we label things as sins. So that's what he is referring to. It is external proof of inner sins and witness to unforgiving thoughts that injure and would hurt the Son of God. Healing the body is impossible. And this is shown by the brief nature of the cure. 
the cures in quotes. The body yet must die. That's the cure, according to the ego. The body yet must die. And so it's healing but delays. It's turning back to dust where it was born and will return. So let's let's break this first paragraph down. Do not mistake effect for cause, nor think that sickness is apart and separate from what its cause must be. So the the cause, let's say the cause is resentment, unloving thoughts. Do not mistake the effect for the cause. So the effect might be, let's say, um, I'm I'm just going to make something up. High blood pressure. Uh, So... Do not mistake effect for cause, nor think that sickness is apart and separate from what its cause must be. It is a sign, a shadow of an evil thought that seems to have reality and to be just according to the usage of the world. So the illness, the sickness, is a sign, a shadow of stinking thinking. Now, to me, the stinking thinking does not have to be in this lifetime. It could be something we brought with us, and it's being resolved through this sickness, uh, that we can have illness, and it's are we going to have respect for the body? We're going to have compassion for the body we're going to have compassion for ourselves because we're not the body so will we have kindness for ourselves as well as kindness for the body so how are we going to handle the illness are we going to let's say the illness in this lifetime is a byproduct of resentment and regret in a previous incarnation Well, if the body gets sick now, is there going to be more resentment and more regret, or will we actually deal with it? So um, I'm I'm thinking of my friends that I have known that uh, have had really painful childhoods, really, really painful, traumatizing childhoods, who have done the forgiveness work, have moved past it, have been able to have compassion for the people who were responsible for their trauma. They've been able to have compassion to make amends and even in a number of cases be caring for those elders who, in a sense, uh, betrayed them, traumatized them, um, made life difficult for them as children, and that made it difficult for them most of the rest of their lives. But they still are able to have compassion for those parents, those caregivers that mistreated them so. So in in that case, there's a healing, probably of something that occurred in a previous lifetime and is repeating. Because, and not to go too deeply into this, but it seems to me, it appears to me, based on what I've read and heard and experienced, that maybe in a past life someone was the child abuser and now in this lifetime they are the abused. Not so that they are punished, but so they can have compassion for their previous self. This is so important, such an important distinction. If if someone is a child abuser in a previous incarnation, and in this lifetime they are an abused child, then they 
as the abused child, when they can have compassion and forgive their abuser, they are actually forgiving their previous self, their previous personality. Am I saying that all abused children were abusers in a past life? I am not. I have no way to know any of those things. I'm merely speculating that there is a perfection and that everything is working together for our good and it's not for us to make exceptions. I am affirming that it takes great learning to understand that everything is helpful to us. Everything is helpful. I'm interested in knowing that, understanding that, and living that. That everything is working together for my good, that divine grace is my reality, and that everything is helpful to me. Everything is helpful to me. Everything is pointing me in the direction of my awakening. So let me not make any exceptions. That's where I like to to live and to be. Continuing on and looking at some of this again. So talking about the cause of sickness. It is a sign, a shadow of an evil thought that seems to have reality and to be just, meaning that it's justified according to the usage of the world. Now, I've talked about it so many times. A cough is a symptom. It's a sign. We could say, as it says here, a shadow of an evil thought. So a cough is a symptom. A sneeze is a symptom. Something is irritating the throat the nasal passageways. Uh, It's not the problem. It's a sign. It's a symptom. We're looking to heal things at the cause. You'll hear me talk about that in my prayers all the time. Let's get to the root cause. So the root cause is a thought. It's a belief. Now it says here also, sickness is equal. It says it, but I'm going to say sickness. Sickness is external proof of inner sins. Again, sins is in quote. It is external proof of inner sins. What are the inner sins? Our thoughts, our beliefs may not be from this lifetime. I'm just going to keep saying that. It is external, sickness is external proof of inner sins and witnesses to unforgiving thoughts that injure and would hurt the Son of God. So what does that mean? And witnesses to unforgiving thoughts. It is representative of unforgiving thoughts that injure and would hurt other beings, humanity. So sickness is a sign, a shadow, a witness. It is external proof that there is something underlying, does not help us to go to blame or shame, that only intensifies it. But that is a common thing that happens. So if you are experiencing sickness and you do go to blame or shame, step back and say, how is this helpful to me? Let me receive the help that it offers. Whatever is the root cause of the sickness, I'm interested and I am willing to have a healing. My willingness is all that's required. And I am, I am allowing a healing. I'm accepting a healing. I'm calling forth a healing. I'm allowing the healing. Now it says here, healing the body is impossible. And this is shown by the brief nature of the cure. Cure in quotes. Cure in quotes. So I'm taking this to mean that uh, the cure that's being referred to here is death. 
The body yet must die, and so it's healing, but delays its turning back to dust, which it was where it was born and will return. Now, healing the body is impossible. What does this actually mean? Because we've all had healings in our body. Cut your finger, it heals. What I feel this is saying, you be your own guru. I am not anybody's guru. Everybody's my teacher, but my my teacher, everybody's my teacher, but my guru is within. So my guru is telling me that the reason the healing of the body is impossible is because the body is an effect and the cause is in the mind. Everything emanates from the mind. The body emanates from the mind and the cause of sickness emanates from the mind. So healing's not going to happen in the body. It happens in the mind and then it translates to the body. But the actual healing itself can only be in the mind. It's not just semantics. It's worth understanding. So, especially if we just think the cause of everything is in the mind. The world is an effect. The cause is in the mind. So, this takes practice to be willing to accept. We're remembering the truth. Here's the truth. Next paragraph. The body's cause is unforgiveness of the Son of God. The body's cause is unforgiveness of the Son of God. People ask, what is the Son of God? It's humanity. I think that's the easy answer. It has not left its source, and in its pain and aging, and the mark of death upon it, this is clearly shown. The unforgiveness is shown as the pain and aging and the mark of death. Fearful and frail, the body seems to be to those who think their life is tied to its command and linked to its unstable, tiny breath. Fearful and frail, the body seems to be to those who think their life is tied to its command and linked to its unstable, tiny breath. Death stares at them as every moment goes irrevocably past their grasping hands, which cannot hold them back. And they feel fear as bodies change and sicken, for they sense the heavy scent of death upon their hearts. So to me, the antidote is to remind myself I am eternal, I am infinite. Time has no hold on me. This world has no hold on me. I am eternal, infinite spirit. This is but a blip in my adventures forever, in eternity. So... We feel fearful and frail when we think this body is what we are and this body is all we have. But the body is not even what the tip of the iceberg is to the iceberg. It's, it's not even that. To me, it's like a cardboard cutout that's supposed to represent the earth or something incredibly magnificent and and profound and beautiful and holy the body can be healed as an effect of true forgiveness okay so the body can't be healed but the body can be healed <laughs> yes 
Healing the body is impossible, but the body can be healed as an effect of true forgiveness. So when there's true forgiveness, that's the cause of body healing. So initially, paragraph one, healing the body is impossible. And now it's telling us the body can be healed as an effect of true forgiveness. Only that, only true forgiveness can give remembrance of immortality, which is the gift of holiness and love. Forgiveness must be given by a mind which understands that it must overlook all shadows on the holy face of Christ, among which sickness should be seen as one. So very clear here. The body can be healed as an effect of true forgiveness. So that is what I share. This is what I offer you. That true forgiveness is the release of the attachments to the opinions, the judgments, the meaning we made of things, our interpretations. And that is what brings the healing. And I have seen it bring so much healing to so many people. And so it is a tried and true method that works miracles. Forgiveness is releasing the if, the cause, which is that belief, that resentment, that regret. May you be hearing this for the very first time. <laughs> so grateful for these teachings of A Course in Miracles. You're listening to Jennifer Hatton, and I'll be right back after this short break. Welcome back. We're talking about the cause of sickness, looking at the Song of Prayer, Chapter 3, which is entitled Healing. This is the first section in Chapter 3 that we're looking at here. And just before I get back into that, I'm going to mention, so I don't forget, that yes, you can still join my Change Your Mind About Your Body. You'll get all the recordings of whatever classes we've already done. It's a five-month program. Normally, I don't allow people to enter in, but the way we're doing this program, it's a very low-cost and very simple uh, and has all these great teachers, Gary Renard, Cindy Laura Renard, Bill Free, Lisa Natoli, David Fishman, Aaron Abke, Mark Anthony Lord, um, Alan Cohen, so many good teachers, and I'm teaching quite a few classes. Bill Free's doing a couple. Karen J. Gardner is doing three classes, so it's just a terrific group, and we're all sharing what we've learned about changing our mind about the body and healing, healing at the level of the mind. So anyone can join. The other thing is my Camino trip, which is in October, uh, we're about three quarters of the way sold out so far. So this is going to fill up and then it'll be closed because we can only take so many people. And it's, oh my gosh, such a great group of people we have so far. I encourage you to, to, if you'd like to do this trip, we are going to have so much fun. We are going to have a blast. Lisa Natoli told me, Literally, I said, can you give me uh, a quote about it, the trip, you know, to share with other people? She's, and she said, this is the best trip I ever did in my life. In fact, she and Bill liked it so much they did it twice. So we're doing the exact same trip. And if you'd like to come and join us, <laughs> please do. I think it's going to be just a lovely, lovely time together going along the coast of Portugal, having fabulous food and wonderful experiences. And just a great group of people who are uh, mostly Course in Miracles students. How fun is that? So check it out. All the details at jenniferhadley.com. 
Yes. And also, uh, Karen J. Gardner has another class that just started. You can jump in, get the recording of the first one. She's got more classes coming up this year. So if you don't get my weekly newsletter, uh, you might want to uh, come sign up for my blog, get inspiration, and you'll get my newsletter too. All right. Cause of sickness. Paragraph three here. The body can be healed as an effect of true forgiveness. So true forgiveness is the cause of healing. It makes perfect sense when you look at it this way. The cause of sickness is the withholding of love, the judgment, the complaint, the attack thought, the untrue belief thought is actually the cause of sickness. So the cause of healing is true forgiveness. True forgiveness is letting go of our attachment to that false thought, that false belief, that attack thought. Remember that in the fear and conflict section, it says, and I think this is one of the best quotes from the text. It says, it is, and this is right at the end, the last paragraph of uh, the fear and conflict section, chapter two, section six. It says, it is hard to recognize that thought and belief combine into a power surge that can literally move mountains. It can also make us sick. Thought and belief combine into a power surge. So we can use that power surge in whatever way we'd like. That's the thing about this world. We get to choose. We get to decide. So it's hard to recognize that thought and belief combine into a power surge that can literally move mountains. The body can be healed as an effect of true forgiveness. True forgiveness is letting go of the false thought, the false belief. So now, without that impediment, without that block to love that the false belief is, all that's left is love. All that's left is clarity. All that's left is wholeness. God's nature is wholeness because God is all that there is. There's nothing outside of God, nothing in addition to God, nothing in conflict with God, nothing real can attack God because God is all there is. God does not attack itself. So God's nature, its very essence is wholeness, completeness, fullness. That's our nature too. So when we get rid of the attack thought, all that's left is the wholeness. So the body can be healed as an effect of true forgiveness. This is why I'm now doubling down. We're now doing two forgiveness workshops for free every month. Come, come one, come all, invite your friends. And we're actually, we're not just talking about forgiveness in these workshops. People are actually doing it in the workshop. That's the point of it. So again, go to jenniferhadley.com events page. You can sign up for free. See what the dates are. Only that, only true forgiveness, can give remembrance of immortality, which is the gift of holiness and love. Forgiveness must be given by a mind which understands that it must overlook all shadows on the holy face of Christ, among which sickness should be seen as one. So we overlook the shadows. What does that mean? So let's say someone directs attack at us. We're overlooking it. We're seeing it from a higher perspective. Think of Joseph and his brothers who beat him up and threw him down the well, left him for dead. When years later, decades later, Joseph saves his entire family from the famine And they say, why would you do this, Joseph? We left you for dead. 
And he says, because God, you meant it to hurt me, but God meant it to help me. You meant it for evil, God meant it for good. That's true about everything. That is the grace of God at work in our lives. Why did that work for Joseph? Because he was a loving person. He forgave his brothers and he moved on. He did not stew in resentment. He did not have self-regret. He should have done this, he should have done that. All of that, no. He moved on. He overlooked it. And he became the help to the king to help the whole nation survive the famine. To help the many. So, do we wish to stew in the past continuously, every minute of every day, feeling the effect of our judgments, our complaints, our regrets, our resentment, our blame, our shame? Or do we wish to overlook it, rise above the battlefield, move on? Yes, these things occurred, but it's like they keep recurring if we don't have true forgiveness. It's like they keep repeating again and again and again. Sometimes it takes us a little bit, takes a moment to be able to move into that place of non-judgment, of overlooking it, of acceptance. This happened, I wish it hadn't happened, but I'm not interested in holding on to it in such a way that it feels like it's happening again and again and again. I'm willing to move into that overlook place. Forgiveness must be given by a mind which understands that it must overlook all shadows on the holy face of Christ, among which sickness should be seen as one. So we also forgive sickness. In in my understanding, the body can only manifest according to our thoughts and beliefs. It can't go rogue. It doesn't have volition. It does not have a mind of its own. The body is not sentient in that way. It is responding to our thoughts and our decisions. Sometimes we tend to think that the body is driving our decisions. We feel addictions. We attribute that to the body. The body is addicted. In no case is the body addicted. And people can say, but there's withdrawal. There's drug withdrawal. There's alcohol withdrawal. There's withdrawal. It's all in the mind. It's all in the mind. Let's not attribute to the body an intelligence that it does not have. It says here, again, Forgiveness must be given by a mind which understands that it must overlook all shadows on the holy face of Christ, among which sickness should be seen as one. Nothing but that. The sign of judgment made by brother upon brother and the Son of God upon himself. So sickness is the sign. Remember we said it was a sign or a shadow. The sign of judgment made by a brother upon a brother and the Son of God upon himself. So we judge our our brothers and sisters and ourselves and that is what sickness is, a sign of that. It is a signpost, we could say, And that's helpful to us. Just like the feelings of fear let us know we're thinking thoughts that aren't true and believing them. If we didn't feel fear, anxiety, worry, we wouldn't know that that's what's going on. The fear gives us that visceral experience to remind us to course correct. 
says, For he has damned his body as his prison and forgotten that it is he who gave this role to the body. He has damned his body as his prison and forgot that it is he who gave this role to it. So that's why it's so important and so helpful to say, I am not a body, but I have a body to care for. And I am not a prisoner of this body, nor could I ever be. But when our mind is not free, because it's obsessed with negativity, blame, shame, regret, resentment, when that's going on, we will feel prisoner of the body. We won't recognize that freedom is in the mind. It says, what he has done now must God's Son undo, but not alone. Right? We have to do it together. For he has thrown away the prison's key, his holy sinlessness, and the remembrance of his Father's love. That's the key to get out of jail. That's your get out of jail. To remember holy sinlessness and the remembrance of God's love. That's the key that unlocks the prison door. Our sinlessness and the remembrance of God's love. Yet help is given to him in the voice his father placed in him. The power to heal is now his father's gift, for through his voice he can still reach his son, reminding him the body may become his chosen home, but it will never be his home in truth. This is so helpful for us to understand. So, help is given to him in the voice his father placed in him. So, within our own inner voice, that knower who knows, the I am that I am, the uh, that inner voice, that is our help. The power to heal is now God's gift, for through God's voice, he can still reach his son, reminding him the body may be his chosen home, but it will never be his home in truth. So Spirit is always reminding us of that. Our higher Holy Spirit self is always letting us know this is the truth. The rest is illusion and delusion. It's final paragraph in this section. Distinctions, therefore, must be made between true healing and its faulty counterpart. The world of opposites is healing's place. For what in heaven could there be to heal? So healing happens in the world, not in heaven, because in heaven there's nothing to heal. As prayer within the world can ask amiss and seeming charity forgive to kill, so healing can be false as well as true, a witness to the power of the world or to the everlasting love of God. So uh, there's a whole other section here, false versus true healing. False versus true healing healing. And I think I will do that next time. That's what I'm getting, to not try and pack it into the time I have left. So distinctions, therefore, must be made between true healing and its faulty counterpart. The world of opposites, so the world, is healing's place for what where, what in heaven could there be to heal? As prayer within the world can ask amiss, and seeming charity forgive to kill. So healing can be false as well as true, a witness to the power of the world 
or to the everlasting love of God. So prayer within the world can ask amiss. So prayer within the world, not the way I teach it, but the way some people do, people are asking for things from God, forgetting that everything's already been given. Instead, what our our true prayers are about, offering to spirit the blocks to love for healing, making ourselves amenable to true compassion, true forgiveness, the willingness to let go of the meaning we made of things, and to open our hearts to ourselves, to let go of the unconscious guilt. That is our healing. Now, it's, it's a whole nother topic really about what happens when we're trying everything in the physical healing that we desire, the emotional healing, the mental healing that we desire isn't happening, happening. What do we do then? That's a, that's a common question. Of course it is. And so, we can all understand that because when something is really bothering us, we'd like to have a healing. Now, here's what I have come to know and to understand as well, that true forgiveness is really releasing the attachment to the meaning I made of things to my interpretations, to the resentments, the regrets, the blame, and the shame, the attack thoughts. So very often people would like to have a healing and they're willing to do things like say, I forgive, but they don't understand that forgiving actually means giving up the resentment, the regrets, the guilt, the blame, the shame. And so they're still holding on to those things and thinking that saying, I forgive means I'm going to have a healing, but it doesn't. And so then it can be disappointment because I'm forgiving, I'm forgiving. Why am I not having a healing? It's because it's not true forgiveness. True forgiveness really means giving up that attachment. And sometimes that's very, very challenging because our identity is built around our resentments, the guilt, the blame, the shame. And yet I've seen over and over again that people with chronic depression, chronic pain, have been able to release their attachment to the meaning they made of things. And then there is a tremendous healing, a miraculous healing in the body temple, or maybe it's in the emotional body or the mental body. That that healing that we desire does happen when we're willing to go the other way and to change our mind. And sometimes finding the willingness for that is very, very challenging. And the great news is, the great, great, great news is we do not have to figure out how to have a healing. We do not have to figure out how to let the past go. We don't have to figure out how to move out of resentment. None of that how is our job. Our job is to allow. We will be led and guided if we are willing. So we affirm our willingness. And I say, look for the ways that we can demonstrate our willingness. How can we demonstrate our willingness? Here, Here's a good example of how we can demonstrate our willingness. We can, let's say someone has been hurtful to us. Now, I know this is a big one, but I say go for the big ones. Go for the big ones. Someone's hurt our feelings. I am willing to see this differently. I am willing to overlook it. Not meaning, you know, completely in denial that it happened, but to, I, I say, let's take overlook. Think of an overlook or an overpass, right? You can have an overlook from an overpass. So let's see if we can get to higher ground above the battlefield. And we can do that with gratitude. I am grateful that I have the willingness 
to go the other way. I'm grateful that I have the willingness to be willing. I am grateful that I have the willingness to go to spirit for a healing on this. And then maybe, maybe we can go back to the person that said the mean, hurtful thing and say something like, I don't think you would have said that if you weren't going through a difficult time. And so I'm just wondering, are you okay? Is everything okay with you? Is something really bothering you? It won't work in every situation, but it can work in a lot of situations. Do you need some love, some support? I I can offer that to you. I can set aside that you said a mean, hurtful thing to me. Why can I set it aside? Because I do not want to live my days in resentment anymore. I've had enough of that. I really have. I'm ready to move on from being hurt and resentful. So now I can go to how can I be helpful to the person. It's really what Jesus meant when he was talking about turning the other cheek. It's not about making ourselves available to be wounded again. It's not about that at all. It's about I'm not willing to live in the wound. I'm willing to find that overpass, that overlook, so I can be free. So there are many other things, and Spirit will lead us and guide us to them if we are willing. So our willingness is all that's required. We're willingness to have a true healing, to do the true forgiveness work. That's what's required. And we can cultivate that all day, every day. Let's place our hands on our hearts. Take that breath of love and gratitude and be so grateful and so thankful that infinite intelligence, pure light and love, that's what we are. That's the truth of our being. We are grateful to share the benefits of our healing and our expansion with everyone because we are one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. We know it's done. And so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Yes. <laughs> what a blessing. What a blessing. Thank you for joining with me by means of this podcast. I so appreciate our joining. May you always know that you're blessed and that you are a blessing. Mwah.